Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. This is a bonus episode on the book of Job. Job is not in our reading plan. We'll get to why we're talking about Job in a second. But as a reminder, this month, if you share how you're joining the journey on social media and tag Watermark Church, you'll be entered into a chance to win an opportunity to come sit in on a recording session, to go to lunch with the Join the Journey team. And really, we just want to see how everyone's joining the journey. Everybody does it different. Some of y'all listen to this podcast every day. Some of you only use the reading plan in your Bible. And that's great. It's awesome that we're all joining in different ways. The beauty is that we're reading the Bible together, regardless of how you join. So let us know. We want to see it. And today, I am in the podcast studio to talk about the book of Job with the one and only Carrie Kurz. Hey, everyone. Carrie, I'm so glad you're here. This is really fun. It's so different. (laughs) It's so different. It's our first bonus episode of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're friends. Give everybody a quick, who are you? What do you do? If they don't know you. Yeah. If they aren't fortunate enough. To have met you in person. It's kind. It's kind. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my job here at Watermark, first, I've been at Watermark since about 2014. So been around long enough to see a lot of different people, a Mm -hmm. lot of different changes, seasons, a lot of fun, a lot of hard. And my unique role is that I lead the women's community team. And so I'm the director of women's community, which means I lead six directors to care for the women of Watermark. So day in and day out, I get a front row seat to watch God move in lives, whether that's fighting sin or being encouraged by God's word. We get to shepherd women to know and love God more. And truly, there's not a greater privilege. It is it is a hard role to mm-hmm. sit in that seat. And yet, sure. I truly believe there's not a better one to see God up front at what He does in people's lives. Well, I love it as a woman at Watermark. I'm grateful to sit under your leadership and, and get to learn from you today, if not other days throughout the week when I see you around around the church. But um, we're in the book of Job. And as I said a second ago, Job isn't in our reading plan. Were it to be chronologically, it would fall pretty early on in Genesis. It would kind of overlap with some of the early chapters of Genesis, which can be confusing because in our Bibles, it's several books from Genesis, Mm -hmm. but that's where it would fall. And since we're not reading it, I thought it would be helpful as we're working through this plan when we skip books to kind of just do a a high-level flyover and understand how they relate to one another and what they're about. So, Carrie, I'm going to let you set up Job for us. What's the the purpose of the book? What are we looking at? Yeah, Job. It's a big book, Mm -hmm. first of all. For some people that don't know, it's long. And it can seem complex. The the words, the language, because it's poetry— it's interesting in the way that it's written. And some people don't read it simply. Mm. They can get lost. They can get confused what's actually happening. And, and the other side of things is that Job is a book that a lot of people fear to read. Mm. They hear it's on suffering. They, they've heard about Job. They've heard about, oh, man, he was a man afflicted by a lot of pain, a lot of hardship. And I've heard people say to me, I don't want to read Job because I'm afraid if I enter in to read Job, God's going to ask me to deal with some suffering in my life. Mm. And so they they start off with fear before they even touch this part of God's Word. And I just would say, 
humbly simply, they're missing out. Not because Job is fun to read by any means, but they're missing a view and a perspective of God's character that they don't get elsewhere in Scripture. Not that suffering's not touched elsewhere sure. in Scripture. Paul. Right. There's many alive. times in Scripture we see suffering. However, this perspective is unique. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to drop a very bold statement. Okay. Hit us and, with it. And that is this. I don't actually believe the book of Job is on suffering. Oh. Now, suffering's in it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to get into heresy here (laughs) or say something that's untrue. But Job is more about our view of God, Hmm. his character, his justice, than it is on suffering. I was going to say sovereignty. Absolutely. And so it's just this suffering that's presented in Job's life is a means to see God more clearly. And that is the perspective we need before we start reading Job. Otherwise, we approach it with fear and we approach it with, what is God going to do to me? And that's just not the way yeah. God views I've us. Also heard, I've also heard people who are walking through a season of suffering. Like recently, I was asked the question, you know, girls, young, young women walking through a breakup, I'm trying to decide what I should be reading right now. Do you think I should read Job or Philippians? Mm, mm-hmm. Which is the the juxtaposition there of Job's suffering yeah. and the joy, the encouragement to live in joy found in Philippians is, is juxtaposed. And so you're challenging that method of thinking by saying, hey, really, as we read this book, suffering is being used to illustrate or teach us something about who God is. Right. Absolutely. Because I would even say, I don't know that Job teaches you how to suffer well. Hmm. Now, it will show you That's the vulnerability. It'll show you the rawness. It'll show you the pain. It'll show you the ache of suffering because we will watch Job cry out to God in utmost honesty and anger, sadness, grief, every emotion pretty much known to man, you will see him like walk through. Mm-hmm. And this is the man that knows God. And so that's what I find so unique is that we see this on Job, and yet we're not given instructions in Job of how to suffer well. Mm. We just watch someone live it, and then we learn about God yeah, so based on how he lived. Fly over the the plot line for yeah. me. If I've never re- read Job or it's been a, been a while, give me the 60-second refresh. Sure. So Job, he's a really great guy. One of the best. Uh, the Bible says legend. blameless and righteous. I mean, he's your all-star, superstar, best Christian in the world type guy. And um, Satan enters the pic- picture as the epitome of evil and says, let me test this man that that says he loves you, God. Let me let me give him a trial. And Lord, the Lord just gives Satan permission to afflict him. Mm-hmm. And Fast forward, Job loses everything. Family are killed, loses livestock, all possessions. He's physically afflicted. Every affliction known to man, physical, emotional, possession, material, is taken from him. And Job kind of enters into this then emotional back and forth between his affection for God and his trust with God and his wrestle with what's happening to him. Then enter these three friends of Job. Not great friends. Aren't great friends. They're not helpful. They try to draw conclusions as to why all of this is happening that aren't helpful conclusions. And some of those questions and conclusions that they either ask or draw are one, so if all of this is happening 
maybe Job wasn't actually righteous. So mm. he must have done something wrong. To deserve to this. To deserve this. Yeah, there's, there's no other reason. So that's the first wrong conclusion that has been drawn. And then they, they begin to question, does God actually operate on a means of justice? Is that the way he runs this world? Because I'm not sure that he does. This doesn't seem Yeah, if Job was just. this upstanding guy, how could God fairly allow all this to happen in Absolutely. his life? Absolutely. And so then they want to explain away the suffering. There has to be an answer to Job's suffering. There has to be a reason why. And spoiler alert, the spoiler alert in this story is that we do not get the answer to why did this suffering happen to Job? Mm -hmm. We never get that answer in this book. And quite frankly, we don't need it. And that's going to end up being one of the lessons for us to, to take away at the end, but we won't go there quite yet. And so in this wrestle of these, these friends asking these questions and drawing these poor conclusions, we start to see the breakdown in theology. Hmm. Because they what do you mean by that? What I mean is they're trying to make sense of God where he can't be made sense of, which is often what we try to do. And what I would say there is a helpful way to think about this is our perspective of time. Because we are people that, one, um, we're finite people. We are bound to time. We are bound to place. And quite frankly, we're bound to selfishness. And a view of self. And so when when we navigate our days, we navigate it based on those things. What time is it? Am I waking up? Am I eating breakfast? Am I hitting snooze on my alarm? Yeah. Did I did I am I running late for a meeting? Am I taking uh-huh. kids to an appointment? Is it nap time? Where's my husband? Who who knows what part of the day we're in, but we're in some part of our day trying to get from point A to point B. And so we operate on a sense of time. We also operate on a sense of self in that it's what's going on in my life today. Who am I interacting with? What circumstances am I navigating? What errands do I need to run? Errands, tasks, what, what's frustrating Goals to me today? To keep, yeah. There's, it's all about what do I need to accomplish today? Mm-hmm. Before I go to bed tonight, what do I need to get through? And so we have this view of ourselves that tends to take over. And so in this book of Job, as these friends are trying to get these answers to why suffering is happening, they are viewing it through circumstance and kind of some finite ideals of there must be a A plus B equals C. There must be a formula here of why this is happening. Otherwise, this doesn't make sense with God's character. And God's going to enter the picture at the end of these conversations, and he's going to kind of, in a very serious, overwhelming way, lay out his track record before Job and say, essentially, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. I'm the one that created this world. I'm the one that puts things in motion. I'm the one that is all-knowing. You have no idea what I'm doing. I like uh, chapter 41, verse 34. He sees everything that is high. He is king over all the sons of pride. Mm -hmm. It's like, dang, we Mm -hmm. think, we think we know. We do. And and here's a, I want to pause here before I get too much into our wrong thinking here versus our view of God, because suffering is real. It's painful. It's confusing. We have questions. And I will say, it is not wrong for us to ask questions of a holy God. There's nothing wrong or sinful about our questioning 
of Him because that's part of our relationship with Him is, Lord, help me understand. Lord, I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand how long I have to go through this. How do I go through this? Suffering is real. Suffering is painful. And it presents a lot of questions. And I think as long as we sit in the realm of, Lord, I have questions, we're safe and we're secure. There's a there's a sweet spot with the Lord when I release the desire and the the control or the need to know all. Mm-hmm. I'm actually more safe because I I then begin to extend trust to a really holy, perfect, sovereign God, and I don't have to worry anymore about what I need to control or do. Or think, but I, I I can almost separate the two and go. I have all these questions, but you are you're you're almost more cool to me that I can't explain you. Yeah, and and because that, how small would God be if we could explain Him? Yeah, tiny. Like what yeah. kind of God? It's like I could put Him on a table and draw a picture of Him and be like, "This is everything I know about Him." Like, do you feel better about life now? No, no. I, I feel no. <laughs> less comfortable, and I'm now terrified that you can explain him mm. because there's nothing more to be found out. That's so good, Carrie. So, yeah, but I just say that because sometimes we can shift to, hey, let's figure out right theology here, and we skip over just the true pain of suffering. Mm. Yeah, as we wrap up, speak speak into that. Yeah, I mean, I'll speak from my own perspective. I'm, for those that don't know me, I'm going on four years of chronic nerve pain, which is a beast in and of itself to live with. So I wake up every day in pain and I go to bed in pain. And um, I don't know why. I, I don't know why this is still part of my days. And yet, what I do know is that I am to fix my eyes on a holy God. And when I fix my eyes on him and remember this isn't the end of the story and that what's promised to me is an eternity without pain and suffering. And so the questions we have about God and who he is are answered. And this side of the cross, I know he did something about sin and evil and suffering. And not only did he do something on the cross, but he has and will do something for my eternity where Every bit of my questions will be answered. Every bit of pain and suffering will go away. And so I fix my eyes, not on the daily circumstances, but I look to the eternity promised and I say, my God is just. Mm. He was just on the cross and he will be just when he makes it all all well one day. Absolutely. And so that is is what Job ends up learning. Mm. And we see that everything is restored to him, not because of anything he did. No. You cannot earn and at that point, he didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve any benefit. And yet God, in his kindness, bestowed grace mm. upon Job. It's beautiful. Grace in the Old Testament. I love it. There it is. We're out of time. It's a bonus episode. Bummer. so It's all right if we went a little over. Carrie, I'm blessed by your commitment to God's Word and um, your hot takes, because I, I don't think they're, they're hot takes. I think they're true. So thank you for sharing with us. Thanks, Emma. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.